born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. What book are we studying? Are you sure it's Hebrews? Okay, I thought it was Hezekiah, but... uh... The book of Hebrews. All right, take your Bible and turn to the book of Hebrews. I knew that. I was just testing y'all. See if y'all remembered. So today we want to talk about briars and thorns. Briars and thorns. There are many people who do not believe that there's such a thing as a carnal Christian. They just believe that, you know, here's the lost man when he gets saved. Now he's a spiritual Christian. And old things are passed away, so um, that takes care of that. And all things are new. So when old things are passed away, okay, then um, he had to turn from his sin, so that's gone. That's good. That problem is solved. And now because all you have is a a new birth and uh, the old man has gone away, well, then making Christ the Lord and the master of your life only sounds normal. It's just a typical expectation for all of God's people to now serve the Lord. So if you're really, really saved, well, you're going to serve the Lord because, you see, all things have become new. And then people can explain, well, you may drift away from the Lord for a little bit, but you're always going to come back. If that was true also, then God would not kill anybody or take anybody's life because of wickedness, because they're going to get right. Think about it. If everyone who trusts the Lord and goes astray will come back, because that's, they'll persevere to the end. So then God, the last thing he'd want to do is take them home when they're away, because that would be a sign that they weren't saved. So God lets them live a little bit longer because he knows they're going to get right, so that he can take them home when they're right, because that'll prove that they are saved. So whether they're, the proof that they're saved or not saved depends on when God takes them home. I mean, if I'm obedient today, wouldn't this be a good day for God to take me home? If he really loves me. Why would he wait till tomorrow when he knows I'm going to mess up and then send me to hell? Because that would have been the proof that I wasn't really saved. You know, I'm getting a little confused. Are you getting confused? It is a vicious circle. You ought to see some of the letters that I get from people who are on the, who are on the verge of committing suicide because of this. Because they want to go to heaven, but they just can't see how in the world they can measure up. Because they realize, I still got sin in my life. I still, Christ is not the Lord and Master of everything. Because they, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. 
Well, I mean, he's Lord in some areas, but not in every area. Uh-oh, see, then that doesn't count. And it's, it's mind-blowing. It's like, well, my children, if they don't obey me in every area, they didn't obey me in any area. Is that true? <laughs> I can give them three assignments. Make up your bed, take out the trash, and cut the grass. Well, they can do a couple of things, but didn't do everything. So now, were they obedient or disobedient? Well, I'll depend on how you look at it. So, when you get into the Bible, and you see verses that talks about somebody like, well, Saul, who had a new birth, and God used him in a great way as the first king of Israel. Do you remember why he died? He died for several reasons. One, well, he had been disobedient to the Lord, yes. But he went to see the witch of Endor and conjure up some evil spirits. And these evil spirit, well, this one wasn't evil. It was Samuel said, hello. And she panicked. She says, because she wasn't really expecting him to show up. And um, well, Saul wanted to know, well, what's going to happen tomorrow? He says, well, you're going to be with me. Oh, Samuel was dead. So you always want to know the future? <laughs> that would be some bad news. Lord, I want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. Really? Do you really want to know? What do you think it'll do to today? I would just soon just, Lord, just walk me through it when I get there. Because, you know, they say, you know, don't cross the bridge until you get to it. Well, I haven't figured out how you can cross the bridge until you get to it. But anyway, don't cross the bridge until you get to it. And then I've heard, well, when you get on the other side of the bridge, you always burn your bridges behind you. That means you, so you can't go back. We've got a lot of wonderful statements. Half of them, nobody really understands them. But is there a possibility of a Christian being carnal? What does it mean to be carnal? Or it means that uh, you have a flesh birth, you have a new birth. And the carnal Christian is a person who knows the Lord and walks after the flesh or lives like a lost man. Is it possible for God's children to live like a lost man? Yes. So there are carnal Christians. Now, John MacArthur doesn't believe that, and Piper didn't believe that. And uh, R.C. Sproul, he believes it now. He's died. R.C. Sproul now believes exactly like we believe. But... Um, he had a serious problem because of what he taught, that if you're really saved, you're not going to want to go out here and do these bad things. And that was good until his son wound up messing up. And so that was either a sign the son was never saved. And it kind of destroyed and they wind up, went off a lot of their stations. But anyway, they were always on the radio. I don't even know if he's still on the radio around here or not. I don't know. I know uh, John MacArthur is still on, and uh, I like it because at nighttime, I think I go on right before MacArthur. And uh, right now, we've been hitting quite a bit on the um, Calvinism. Because, see, I preached the sermons two years ago, and they finally get onto the radio. It's not like I preach it today and it's on the YouTube. Yes, within a week sometime, we'll have that message on, but uh, not on the radio. Because he's got a you know, couple years of material that he has to go through because he'll make two broadcasts out of one sermon that I do. 
That's why I have to preach my sermons as long as I do, because he can divide it in half. So for the ministry's sake, y'all endure that, right? See, most churches, I mean, pastors, in about 25 minutes, they didn't preach all they need to preach. And then sometimes, you know, they'll preach for an hour and then say nothing. Ray Stanford always said, if you don't strike oil in 20 minutes, stop boring. I heard that. You got that, didn't you? You got that. Okay. So um, that's why I have uh, a certain time that I start my sermon. I got a certain time when I stop my sermon. And as I preach, I'm always watching the clock. That way you don't have to. You don't have to, you know, get a kink in your neck turning around watching the clock. This one guy got it out and he was flipping page. I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm looking at my calendar. (laughs) So, okay, look at the clock. I'd rather look at the clock than the calendar. But anyway, there is this thing about the carnal Christian. Now, look there in the book of John. We'll just start there in the Gospel of John and come back over here. But I want you to see this in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 talks about a person who is supposed to bear fruit. So in John chapter 15, you'll notice he talks about every branch in me in verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So you and I, when we trust Christ as Savior, well, we're in the vine. We're in Christ. And then it talks about it giving us an illustration. There's a, a real vine, and there's some branches that don't bring forth fruit. So he cuts those branches off, and the real husbandman who has a, a real vine uh, prunes uh, the, the grape vines and so that they can, uh, you know, produce more fruit. And so um, people do that. And then you take that which is no good and you, you can burn that. But the believer, the believer in Christ, he says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you and the, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. In other words, you take a branch and it can't bear fruit by itself. It's only because it's getting the sap coming up from the, the vine. And so um, here the tree trunks for the limbs and the branches and so forth. So there has to be a source. And so the Holy Spirit lives within us, the spring of living water. And so when we explain the gospel, uh, there's people say, you know, that, that tasted good. That fresh water. I can have eternal life. So they trust Christ as Savior. And then they can share it with somebody. And so it's like a river that just flows from one person to the next, to the next, to the next. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. But he says, without me, you can't do anything. In other words, you have to abide in the, the, the vine. And Christ is, of course, he's the... The true vine. So he said in verse 5, I am the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me, it means to serve where you have been placed. God has placed you in Christ, now serve. And if you will do what God says do, then God wants fruit. So he's also wanting to do some pruning in our life. And so that means he wants to cut off the things out of our life that are hindering, reaching, and having more fruit. So, as we teach people the Word of God, there ought to be things in their life when he puts it this way in the book of Ephesians and Colossians, put off the old man means cut off out of your life. And um, Colossians talks about in chapter 3, you know, um, cut off these things uh, that, you know, destroy the Christian testimony. 
So as people mature in the Lord, they are supposed to cut off things out of their life that uh, doesn't enhance their fruit in their life, their walk with the Lord. And so he says in verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch. He's not, he's not a branch in the real sense, but as a branch set aside, not used. And so because you're bringing forth like briars and thorns, you're not producing the fruit that God wants. But he says in verse 8, he says, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. There's fruit and more fruit and much fruit. So God wants us to bear as much as we possibly can. So you and I, if we abide in the Lord, God wants us to abide in him so we can bring forth more fruit and some more fruit and some more fruit. So that's one of the things I have enjoyed over the years is, is people who trust Christ as Savior. Like right now, Jesse called up yesterday and he says they had a lot of people trust Christ as Savior. All right. What if those kids had never gone down to camp? There's some fruit they would not have had. But what if they hadn't come to college, they wouldn't have learned on how to reach some more people with the fruit. But what if the teachers hadn't had a college? A lot, I'm going to preach a couple of sermons coming up on call up. If, 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 if I had a only club. And uh, it can be a good club, it can be a bad club. But a lot of people just use the well, if I'd have only did this, if I'd have only did that. Well, then you only got one life. If you look, look over your life, have you found a lot of things you'd like to do that you haven't done? And if you could do it over again, you'd like to add these things in? Or do you think you could be a better father or better mother or wife if you could do it over again with the knowledge you have now? Don't you think you could improve? Wouldn't that be neat if we could do that? But we can't. We only get one trip through and, and we're struggling as we go and learning here a little, there a little, and stumbling and falling and making mistakes. So every Christian at times in his life, yes, you won't walk in the flesh. And some people live in the flesh. They live in their old birth. They trusted Christ as Savior. They got a new birth, but they never grow in the Lord. And so they never do the things that will make them go, grow stronger. So look back over there in the book of uh, Hebrews, back there in Hebrews. And uh, we'll jump a, a little bit ahead just so that we can put all this together. Uh, look there in uh, verse 7, verse 7. See, some people don't believe that there is a carnal Christian, but the Bible teaches that there are. It's, it's people who are producing briars and thorns. Things that God's going to have to deal with. And he gives us a great uh, illustration here. See there in verse 7. For the earth, this is in chapter 6, verse 7. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh off upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. So those who will, you know, do the thing that God says to do, and receive the rain that gives things life. Well, to you and I as a Christian, see, that's the word of God. And it mentions that in chapter 4 and verse 12 about the word of God is alive. And so the word of God, as we read and study it, is to help you and I to discern. So that we can make better decisions for our life. 
And that's why in verse 14 of chapter 5, see all the verses run together, all these uh, chapters. Uh, we have chapter division, but if it wasn't there, it would just be one long continuous uh, message here. But look in verse 14 of chapter 5. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern. So the reason you study the word of God is so that you can discern good and bad, right and wrong. Because without the word of God, all you've got is human judgment. And human judgment, human reasoning, human logic is not sufficient. This same scripture here that's talking about this rain that comes down, well, that same scripture is found also in the book of Isaiah in chapter 55. When he talks about his word is like rain, and it will accomplish that which he sent it forth to do. And he says, my ways, not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, because my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. But it is referring to the word, which is the word of God, which is Christ. And in that same 55th chapter of the book of Isaiah, he says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, let him come to me and drink, and, and buy food without money. Because he's talking about salvation. Man cannot produce it, but God can. It's free if we only trust Christ as our Savior. And that the, God says, just keep sowing the seed and trust the seed that it'll bring forth results. You see, I can't make anybody trust the Lord. But we keep sowing the seeds. And we've had people trust the Lord this last week from a lot of different places. Because we just keep sowing the seeds. Because we, we got confidence in the seed. I don't have to talk them into anything. I just keep sowing the seeds. And so we believe that it will bring results. Notice also verse 8. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. That's the briars and the thorns that's going to be rejected. The briars and the thorns are going to be burned. The Christian is never burned. He's not cast into a fire. But it's all of the works that we do that are briars and thorns that God is going to have uh, burn up. And so these briars and thorns is because God is wanting to bless us but when you bring forth briars and thorns, God has to chasten you. Or there's a curse upon bringing forth these things that God says not to do. Now, what I want you to do is hold your place right there because there's a couple of verses that I want us to look at over there in the book of Isaiah. So look in Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah and chapter 5. Because, you see, Hebrews is written to Hebrews. Hebrews is written to Christian Hebrews. And Hebrews is talking a lot about some of the things that happens to Israel and how God dealt with Israel. So that's why it's always good to look at some of these verses back there in the book of uh, or the Old Testament, especially the book of Isaiah. There's a lot of things in there. But look in the book of Isaiah in chapter, chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5, and um, just look there in, well, let's see, we don't have to look at all of these verses, but I do want you to look in verse 1. 
Let me see. I've I got to get to uh, chapter 5. I'm still not there yet. Because I'm holding my place with my one hand and I'm trying to do all the rest of it with another hand. Look what he says there in chapter 5 and verse 1. Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it and gathered out the stones thereof, planted it with the choicest vine, and built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a wine press therein. In other words, anticipation of fruit. He's getting ready. And he says, and he looked that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. Got a problem. See, he done done everything he's supposed to do. He's prepared. He's even got protection for it and built the wine press with the anticipation that he's going to put some grapes in there and going to have some grape juice. Verse 3. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and the vine vineyard. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? So he's talking about the nation of Israel. He says, do you realize I have done everything I can do for the nation of Israel? And I'm still not getting the fruits of righteousness from it. All I'm getting is wild grapes. And he's talking to them as a nation. And so he says here, he says, Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes. And now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof. In other words, the broken levy. In other words, God's going to remove the protection from his vineyard. And that means every little wild thing can get in there and destroy the grapes, whatever does come in. And there's no protection. The wall's going to be gone. He says in verse 5, I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up. Break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged. In other words, pruned is to cutting off the dead branches and fertilized. He says, but there shall come up, see those two words? Briars and thorns. I will also command the cloud that they rain no rain upon it. Now this is a result of God doing everything that was right to produce good results. And he's got wild grapes. In other words, the people were still disobedient. They still would not do what God says do. So what God going to do? He said, I'm going to remove the wall. Verse 7, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah, his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry. Now, Take your Bible and look there in the book of Isaiah chapter 9. Chapter 9 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 
He's telling the people that they have um, greatly erred. And they are in great error because of their leaders. Their leaders not taking a strong stand. So he starts off up here. And he says in verse 16, For the leaders of this people cause them to err. And they that are led of them is, are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither have, shall have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For everyone is an hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. Now get this, this statement here is very important. For all this... His anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. In other words, regardless of how bad Israel does, he's, his arm is still, he wants to save. In the book of Isaiah in chapter 59, I believe it is in verse 1 and 2, he said, is my arm so short that it cannot save? Uh, is God deaf that he cannot hear? And yet here's people that are living a life of folly. And God says, I'm still ready to help them if they want it. That's why I believe when God's children are disobedient, God wants to bless us, and he's always ready to forgive. But people can harden themselves to where they just don't, where they're not sensitive to the Lord anymore. So in verse 18, he says, For wickedness burneth as the fire, it shall devour the briars and the thorns. Do you think these are just in there and there's no connection? And we're talking about the briars and the thorns in the book of Hebrews. And it's talking about the way people are living. They're bringing forth briars and thorns instead of things that God can bless them with. See, he says, be it unto you according to your faith. And see, your faith is because of the confidence you have in the Lord. And if you and I will... Obey the Lord and serve the Lord, then God can, God can bring good things into your life. God can also chasten you. But that's between you and the Lord to know whether or not is he blessing me or chastening me. I found out a lot of the problems that I've had in life are not results of disobedience, but because there's things that God wants me to learn. And testings can be great because that's how your faith grows in the Lord, is having a problem bigger than you can solve. So that you have to trust the Lord when there's seems like there's no reason to trust the Lord. Like God is not going to come through and you just stay faithful anyway because of your trust in the Lord. So anyway, these verses are in the Bible. They are important. And that's why we need to keep this in mind. Uh, another verse that I want you to look at while you're right there in the book. And that is in the book of Isaiah chapter 27. You're in Isaiah chapter 27. Isaiah chapter 27. And we'll just start there in verse. Let's just start there in verse 2. He says, In that day sing ye unto her a vineyard of red wine. I the Lord do keep it. I will water it every moment. Lest any hurt it, I will keep it night and day. Fury is not in me. Who would set the briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them. I would burn them together. 
You see, God wants Israel to blossom as a rose. Just look what he says in verse 6. He shall cause them that come out of Jacob to take root. Israel shall blossom and bud. And you can get the rest part of this. You often hear me say, God can use Israel and be the greatest nation in the face of the world. He says, and fill the face of the world with fruit. Not just Israel, but the whole world. And one day that's going to take place. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me